Hello and welcome to the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me this afternoon, evening, good morning, whatever you listen to this podcast uh, is Jenny. What's up, people? <laughs> very, very polite and meek sounding Jenny at the moment. Yeah! Woohoo! <laughs> hey! Let's raise the roof! There it is. Uh, it's it's Comic-Con week, so we're all just, just gearing up for all of that. I guess. <laughs> It's uh, exciting. Even if even if you're not going, it's a lot of stuff will will come about. There's a lot to look forward to as far as news and you know releases and cool pictures and stuff to come out of San Diego. Even if you're not going, like Jenny said, and you can hit us up on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. We'll try to follow it as much as our schedules allow us to. And Jenny will be in the area, we believe. Yeah, I'm I'm playing everything by ear, but I'm I'm going to be down there at least Thursday on the outside of the con stuff. Um, meeting up with people and things. So there'll be some photos pop up of cosplayers and the mad ha- madness that is Comic-Con. But um, as of right now, no plans of actually going in and doing any of the panels. But that may change. So stay tuned. <laughs> and be on your, your, your best lookout for Jenny while she's there. I'm sure she'll be wearing Atomic Geekdom swag in some way or another. Uh, totally. And if, if you, you find me and run up to me and say hello, I may have something for you. Right. There you go. There's some incentive to search for Jenny on the outskirts of the the con itself. So Exactly. Do that. The game is on. I can be <laughs> the next Pokemon. There you go. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom, Facebook, uh, just slash Atomic Geekdom, or Instagram, Atomic Geekdom, again. And you'll see you see all that stuff. Maybe if she's brave enough, she'll do some Facebook Live stuff or Periscope while she's there. She doesn't have to actually be on camera for that. She can just move the camera around. Yeah, and I'll try. No, or or she can have Patrick do it. Yeah, Patrick's more. I I like to talk, but I hate to be on camera. <laughs> That's so. fine. As long as they can hear you, it's <laughs> all right. Uh, but today we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, something we talk about a lot on Geek Out episodes, which you should listen to. We release them every Thursday. Uh, a little different than our topic shows, but still all kinds of fun. Today we're going to talk about uh, comic book adaptations to TV shows. What we like, what they change, what we're looking forward to in the future, what we wish they would do, or you know, what we're just super excited about You know, in this world of ever-increasing comic book TV shows. The, the genre is full, and it's getting fuller every season. So, uh, we'll just, I guess, just dive in and talk about what, what we're watching well, now. Well, let's, let's, let's start with that whole point though. What's cool about it is I think, I don't know if a lot of people know that some of the shows that they love on TV are based off comic books. Sure. Um, I mean, obvious ones are, you know, Arrow and Flash. Those are comic book characters. So those are a given, but when you tell people who are watching Preacher that, oh, that comic's amazing, and they're like, that's a comic book? You know, <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting about where – what people see and believe when on what they're watching and how they don't always know the origin, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, it's – I don't know. It's probably a different podcast, but we could talk about if it's being watered down or not, just like movies. Uh, are they being watered down or is it a good thing that there's being so many different – Characters being created and getting their own series, uh, movies, or well, whatever. But you and I have talked about this before because it it does seem like there's another superhero movie coming out every two seconds. 
but there's pros and cons to that. Um, one of the big pros is a majority of them have been good. There's been a few bad ones, but <laughs> majority of them have been good. So it's a win. And then we're also getting more, which is fun, you know? So they're, yeah, I can see why people complain about Batman versus Superman, but you also get Guardians of the Galaxy. You also get the Avengers. You know, it's it's cool. I, I, I'm for it, as long as it continually is good content. Right, that's the key. It's got to be good. You can't just start getting, like, you know, just, oh, it's the same formula. This is going to happen, this is going to happen, and we're going to get this. Like, you know, we're going to get another origin story. We're going to introduce the one character, one villain, and then the next movie we're going to get three villains, you know, like the Batman's formula from Ugh. the George Clooney stuff and Dude. Val Kilmer and then Spider-Man. It ruins it. Like, even even the Dark Knight series, like that last one with Bane and all the – I don't know. Like, it's just – calm down, people. But the, the reboot of the Spider-Mans were the worst. Like, Bane and Sandman and <laughs> – ugh, just – Please yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk before we jump into one you're like an expert on those shows. I want to talk about shows that have come and gone already. Uh, the shows that have been canceled and you know aren't on TV anymore. I'll jump in with Marvel and DC stuff if you can think of anything that I'm missing. Just feel free to add in. Uh, there was <laughs> live action Marvel stuff. Uh, there was an old Amazing Spider Man in uh, back in. Like the 70s, uh, late 70s, 77, 79, they only had 14 episodes, but this is at the same time that they're doing the Incredible Hulk show with Lou Ferrigno. Which, nice. Which, that got 83 episodes, the Incredible Hulk, if you can believe it. Uh, there was a show called Mutant X, which was a Marvel show. It didn't really have Marvel characters, if I remember. I never watched it, because it looked like one of those like Hercules-type shows as a syndicated show. So I never got into it, but I don't think it had anything to do with any characters in Marvel Comics. It was just kind of like a TV show about X-Men-like characters in the, real, in the real world. Um, and that was the early 2000s. And then there was the Blade TV show, <laughs> which was on Spike for 13 episodes. That And I, I totally don't even remember that. I love the Blade franchise, but I'm just like, that was a TV show? What? <laughs> I will, I remember binge watching it back when Netflix sent you discs. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, <laughs> when they sent you DVDs, and I remember watching it and be like, "Oh, I just wasted some DVDs on this." <laughs> uh, Agent Carter is the most recent dearly departed Marvel show, a beloved show by many. Um, I I'll be honest, I loved binge watching it, but when it was on TV, I didn't watch it. I just had way too much other stuff to watch. I don't. I love the character and I love the universe they had her in and all the other side characters, but I, I understand why it got canceled. But there's there's hope it could come back, like on Netflix or something. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe ABC's sister channel Freeform or something. I have no idea. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Freeform later and their comic book in entry, which is coming soon, which I'm I'm pretty stoked for. But that's Marvel. That shows that are all canceled. That again, that I can think of. There's also Nightman back in '97, '99, and then uh, Powers, which is on the PlayStation Network, which I still need to check out. Do you uh, remember? Uh, do you remember the Tick? That's the oh one. God, that, yeah. Like that. That's the one that comes to my mind. Like jumps to the forefront because I love that show which they're bringing back I know I I hope so I but I kind of want the same actors to come back yeah that's it, not gonna happen but yeah never happened 
He's always putty, man. He has the tick. Yeah, tick was good. I liked the cartoon, and then they made the live action show, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, live action DC. I mean, obviously, Adventures of Superman is back in the fifties. Uh, the Batman's from the 66 era. Everybody knows that. Um, there was a Shazam show back in oh, 74 gosh. and 76. What? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> they did 28 episodes of it, though. Uh, Wonder Woman. Everyone, yes. everyone remembers Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Just Linda Carter. Carter is Wonder Woman. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just saying that. And now she'll be the president on the Supergirl show, which is pretty cool. Uh, there was a Superboy, Superboy show. I remember that very well. That was a syndicated show, but that was I was younger. It was 88, 92, so I could have been Superboy, but I, I didn't like him anyway. But <laughs> uh, Swamp Thing, I remember that series being on the USA Network. Uh, oh, I liked the Swamp Thing TV show. Yeah, I remember watching some episodes. Not really getting into it because my brain hadn't been like into that kind of stuff yet. But, right. Yeah. Uh, the old Flash series back at the same time, the 90s, which is cool. Uh, I, I liked that one a lot back then. My dad, that was something me and my dad shared uh, an interest in, which was, you know, we never watched the same TV shows at that time because I was nine years old. What was he going to watch that I would watch? <laughs> uh, there was a Human Target show before the second Human Target show, which is, again, another DC property. Uh, the huge success, I think everybody knows, uh, everybody in the geekdom knows, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Right. There was a Superman on on t- network television. It was crazy. Uh, he's in the costume and everything. It was more of a soap opera type style. Um, and it was focused a lot on Lois and Clark, obviously, because that's the name. But it was cool to see different characters, little Easter eggs pop in there back in the day. Uh, they got 88 episodes, and it gave us Dean Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher into the world. I remember having a huge crush on Terry Hatcher back then. Oh, and I think every girl had a crush on Dean Kane. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they still do. Uh, he's he's not bad to look at. <laughs> he, <laughs> he he made a good Superman. Yeah, he does uh, the Wizard World circuit. He's uh he's every so often he pops up at a Wizard World con, uh, which is cool. Uh, of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention the success of Smallville. Oh, yeah. Smallville. Now, wait, real quick, and this is a side thing. Is Supernatural based off of the comic? No. I mean, it's it's kind of a comic now, based off the show. Right. But But they did that with everything. They made a comic out of the Blood series. It's like, calm down, people. (laughs) Right. Uh, Smallville, one of the the only ones, one of the original shows that was from the WB that crossed over to the CW. I mean, Supernatural, I think, is, is the only one left from the WB that's still on the CW. Uh, but Smallville ran 10 seasons, uh, 218 episodes, and I'd say maybe four or five of those seasons were actually worth watching. Uh, I like the first couple were good. And again, I don't mind. I'm not even a Superman guy and I liked it. Um, I see. And that, that's our ongoing argument. I love Superman and it, it is hard with the movie because Christopher Reeves, I will always be Superman, but mm-hmm. I think they've done some good jobs. I mean, Lois and, and Clark was fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a different take, obviously. Smallville was, was interesting. Like, it's definitely more the MTV generations, you know, <laughs> Superman, but right. it was good. It was, I mean, it was kind of the answer, the comic book answer to Buffy is essentially what it was. Uh, it was like, we wanted to do a superhero show, but we wanted it to be like with the Buffy audience because we're the WB and Buffy, Buffy's making us a ton of money. 
So right. we, let's let's put Clark in high school and see what it's like when he's growing up with these powers and stuff. Just like we see what Buffy's like in high school with these with these superpowers. And so it, it worked. Uh, they got to do a lot of music with Lifehouse, the band Lifehouse on that show. I remember hearing a Lifehouse song like every other episode. <laughs> um, but they took yeah they took advantage of that high school MTV crowd and it, it worked for a very long time. Um, and it spawned a spinoff called Birds of Prey. Which sucked. Uh, it was thirteen episodes. Birds of Prey. I don't know. You probably don't know, Jenny. I don't. Um, I, I don't. I didn't mean to say that. Like I'm, I'm mansplaining it to you, but you're just not. No, in, no, you're not no, into I, those I books. Mean, you can mansplain all you want when it comes <laughs> to the DC Marvel world, because I'm gonna be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But. What's What's exciting? This is the DC world. Um, what's exciting about that show on on paper? That's what I said. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, the Birds of Prey comic book is a book that stars Batgirl, uh, Huntress, and um, and uh, well, Black Canary in the in the comic book, and also, I mean, it just it you had you had a potential for a lot of different characters to show up on this show, so it was exciting, and it was all female show again. It's kind of that WB Buffy thing where they want to get female heroes and stuff. And I was all for that as well, because I'm a huge Batgirl fan. And this was the paralyzed version of Batgirl. So she was Oracle. And in the Watchtower and stuff like that. And Huntress, which they made the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, which was cool. But they also made her half metahuman, which is, means she had powers. <laughs> and uh. Um, But they added the villain of this this like overarching villain is Dr. Harleen Quinzo's Harley Quinn. So that was pretty awesome, but the show sucked. So, <laughs> well, here's a question though. Like, so the it's it's based the where the, basically all these shows were based off of a comic, but weren't a remake of the comic, right? Like they had the characters, but they had completely new storylines. Right. Yeah. These okay. ones, like Smallville, would introduce different, like subtle storylines from comics, but it's not really. It's it's more. In, inspired by instead of like based on right um type of thing we should take this sort of in the, in the universe but not yeah from the right right these are the shows that we're talking about now and some, some of the stuff we're gonna talk about going forward we're gonna talk about how how closely they resemble the comics um and we should take a moment now to introduce our two guests in the background at jenny's house <laughs> yeah i'm sorry I've it's okay whining puppies they're just like we want to be a part of this What's... miley says hello memphis has finally fallen asleep so <laughs> there you go so <laughs> so now everybody knows the two the the official dogs of of atomic kingdom i'm i'm not torturing them they just like to whine when i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> they'd rather be playing I'll post up some some podcast photos of them in a bit. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just to wrap up the canceled shows, Human Target got a redo over on Fox. Um, I, I never watched it. And then recently, Constantine was canceled on NBC, which was a bummer because that was cool. I think, a lot of people got really upset about the Constantine. Yeah, I think I actually think you would have liked it um, if you, if you would have had a chance to get into it. But it only lasted thirteen seasons. The character himself moved over for an episode of Arrow, and he's been talked about on Arrow a few times. And there's a chance uh, it's out there—a chance he could show up on one of the other shows. But again, that's you know whatever. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, there's no. Is that another one of those like kind of wars between the networks? Like one network doesn't want to give him up to another network, or I... has that been resolved? No, I think 
I think it took a lot of work to get him to go over to the CW show, but the way it went down with like Supergirl moving from CBS to CW, I think I think it's a little more flexible now. But I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess we could. Uh, there's failed pilots and failed unproduced series, but we don't need to talk about that because they never hit fruition, and there's just no point. Uh, yeah, but there. I mean. That's the thing, too, though, is when you're a comic book fan and you get the word of, like, mm-hmm. they're making this into a TV show or they're making this into a movie. You're like, yes! And then you're five years out going, I thought they were making this into a movie. <laughs> I thought they were making this into a TV show. Yeah. Um, so Skybound and Image Comics, what the hell, Thief of Thieves? Hello? <laughs> well, yeah, there was NBC. I had to get all my soapbox. NBC was going to make a Wonder Woman show. Uh, they had the cast. They filmed the pilot. Um, and uh, it, it was going to be David E. Kelly's show. So it was like a, what he did. Um, uh, Allie McBeal, didn't he? That David E. Kelly? I don't know. I was never an Allie McBeal fan. I, so. It was just, uh, no, he was the, yeah, he, Allie McBeal, the Boston public, Boston legal guy. So he oh, he was going to do Wonder Woman, starring, though, Adrian Palicki, who I am in love with. But Elizabeth Hurley was going to be on that show. Carrie Elwes was on that show. Oh, it would have been awesome. But the the costume they put her in was, was pretty brutal. But you can find the pilot, like, on YouTube if you want to watch it. I remember uh, being able to catch it on YouTube. But there's, like, recently, like, Aquaman was supposed to get his own show over on the CW, but that never happened. Um... <clears throat> there was going to be a Grayson's show about the, the Dick Grayson's family in 2008. I don't know how that would have worked out, but uh, a Spectre show, Booster Gold, recently the Teen Titans show, which was going to be called Blackbirds. That just never happened. But yeah, I mean, you hear about that stuff and you get all kinds of excited. I know I was super stoked when I heard about Teen Titans, but uh, yeah, these things just don't, <laughs> they just don't work out the way they're supposed to. Um but yeah, stuff airing now. Now I'm gonna let Jenny talk a lot because a lot of stuff is in her domain that's really super successful and uh, more well, true to the the book than than most, yeah. most of the stuff I'm gonna talk about. Yeah, well, let's start with like, I mean, the biggest show that everybody talks about is The Walking Dead. So if you're, you know, the, there will be spoilers if you haven't read the comic or if you're not caught up on the uh, the show. But um, it's one of those things that. I think that they're doing an amazing job at it. And Miley does too. <laughs> Come here. Quit your whining. It's all good. Um, they they are. Like, as a comic reader, I know what to expect when I go into, like, a you know, it, I've read the comic. I know what's going to happen. But what makes it great is they tweak it just enough where even the comic book readers are going, I didn't see that coming. But then somebody who's never seen it, has can still progress without not worrying that they've never read the book, you know, that they're not missing anything. And it's not, there's a lot of shows and a lot of like adaptations where it goes page by page where you could actually just take cells off. And I love what they're doing where they still do that in situations, but they do it in a tweaked manner. Like, um, and again, there's spoilers, uh, Herschel's death. On the shows. It's horrific. He gets decapitated. And that scene is played out almost exactly like the comic book scene. Except it wasn't Herschel. It was Tyrese. And then you get to later on. And in this last season. 
you have Denise's death with the arrow through the eye. Well, spoiler, that's Abraham in the comic. So you, we always know what to expect. And you, it's like watching Adler's arc turn page by page, except it rearranges the characters or it rearranges the timeline. Um, the comics had a bunch of cannibals in it, but it was a smaller part, but the show blew it up into Terminus. Or there was the prison and there was the governor. The TV show was more of Governor Light, Um because honestly, I don't know if they could have got away with some of the governor on TV, right. um, especially some of the governor versus Michonne stuff. Both sides of that fight were not pretty when it came to the comic book, but they do a great job at that. And that's why I, I love the fact that they still keep true to the comic and they haven't, you know, it's not just in the same universe. Like Fear the Walking Dead's a completely different thing because that was never written on page. That now that they've got this universe out of, this happened, when you die, you come back, yada, yada, yada. How did it start? And I kind of wish Kirkman and all of them did the story a little more and it was on the page because I'm one of the few people that aren't really excited about Fear the Walking Dead. It's got a huge amount of potential, but it's in a huge shadow when it comes to The Walking Dead. But what do you, what do you think? I mean, you've read... You've read Probably about half of the issues out now, right? Uh, maybe like seventy-five percent. <clears throat> have you have you made it to the Negan storyline, or are you still before that? No, I'm I'm past the Negan storyline. I don't know how much I can say without spoiling things for people that haven't read the book, so I'm not going to say too much. Um, I'm post Negan storyline or Negan centric storyline. So, are you? Well, here's the thing: Are you past All Out War? I the believe so. All out war arc. Okay. Yeah. So there's an introduction to another group of people. Okay, so you're pre whispers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God. Okay. Well that makes sense then. That makes sense. But okay, so But I had read like the first ten or twenty issues before the series started. So I was able to be like, Oh yeah, that looked just like it did in the panel or you know, I I know this character, or, you know, that kind of crap. Yeah, I um, love when people too they take like the scene from the show and they compare it to the the page of the comic um so it's totally cool when people do like they take the panel from the comic book and you compare it to the tv screen because the actors can do so much more than you can in a cell of a drawing so you get more faith like in a cell they you know they can't have i raise my eyebrow at this thing but then you glare at me you know they could but you lose the interaction and everything in between those moments. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. But when you see that one cell compared to this cell or the, the shot from the, the show or the movie, it's so cool because you get where they're going, but you get all the colors in between. Instead of being black and white, lame pun for drawings, but <laughs> instead of black and white, you get all the color spectrum in between with the expressions or, and the actors can bring them so much more to life. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I totally give it a thumbs up. Um, but I also g can understand why people get angry. Like, I'm on the fence with the whole finale of the last season of The Walking Dead. Because they did those last ten minutes so precisely to the comic book. And in reading the comic, we know what happens. 
but then why do a cliffhanger? So, like I said earlier, there's hundreds of possibilities out there that even the comic book readers are going, well, maybe it's not going to happen the way we think it's going to happen. Right. The way they changed so, the way everything has been going <clears throat> yeah, with certain characters. But, but Negan's whole conversation with he's got Lucille there and he's walking and he's just he's laughing and he's just he's Negan. And I was so fangirling over that because I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan, hands down, is awesome casting for that character. And I hate to say it because I want to believe I'm a good person, but the Negan character in the comic books is so well written that I absolutely love him. He's an amazing character. He is ruthless. And I hate to say that I'm siding with one of the probably most evil characters in a comic book, but thumbs up Negan. Thumbs up Negan. Weird. So I, I love it. So, all right. So of the non like DC superhero canon, uh, what what comic book adaptations are on TV that you really enjoy, aside from, obviously, The Walking Dead? Uh, the other two that I'm obsessed with right now is Preacher. And I think they're doing a great job. Totally not page by page exact like the comic, but they've got the feel. They've got the characters down pat. So I love that. But the the one that I got to throw huge props out is Outcast on Cinemax. That one so far, minus a couple little tweaks, is exactly like reading the comics. They're doing a beautiful job. It's got the colors. Everything about it is is pretty dead on to reading it. And again, another thumbs up in casting. Like Patrick Fugit is Kyle Barnes. It's amazing. So good. What about uh, The Strain was a book, right? Not a The comic Strain? Book? Well, yeah, that well, that's a that's a good subject to talk about because the strain was a novel. It's three novels, three you know, full on books like you gotta mm-hmm. read. Um, no pretty pictures, nothing like that. But it's a full on novel. But because the novel is so cool with how it's done, that they came out with graphic novels for it. And the graphic novels are the art and everything is is beautiful in it. They're I mean as beautiful as you can with maggot transferring vampire type storyline but um so it became a graphic novel then it became a show so they and again it's pretty true i mean there's changes um and, and there was there were slight changes between the the books and the comics i'm finding there's more changes between the books and comics compared to the show so there's there's this weird spectrum of if it depends on if you read the novels and haven't read the comics or if you read the comics and haven't read the novels but you're all watching the show or then there's the people that's done all of them each one has an overlap that works and doesn't work but they're still doing a good job i i wasn't incredibly excited about season two and the second book is by far my favorite um and the way I see it, and, and I could be wrong, somebody could correct me on it. So all of season one is basically the first book, and there's three books total. They did about half of the second book in season two. So I'm assuming season three that starts up here, I think at the end of July, right? It's coming on here pretty fast, like in the next I, few weeks. I, don't, I think so, yeah. Um, it, uh, 
I'm assuming it's going to be the second part of the second book. And then we go into the third book, you know, come season, season four. Um, but they, they still do a good job. I mean, there's a lot of things that are, are parallel and the story, the story art is pretty similar in all, but like on the show, there's the computer hacking chick. She doesn't exist in either the comic or in the novel. Uh, she's, she's the British chick? The British chick. Yeah, the blonde. Yeah, I like her. Um, <laughs> the, the relationships, although some of them exist in part, like the um, Nora and Epp storyline, that exists in the, in the book and the comics. But then they've tweaked it a little bit. And it's it's interesting because everything is is still pretty true but there's always that fear when you know where the story is supposed to end up when they change things in between it's hard to see how they're going to you know the the uh basically the consequences of what they change Mm -hmm. how do they get to the end point and you can get really genius writers out there that can pull it off keep it fresh and awesome but then a lot of time it fails and then you never get to the ending that you are waiting for you know what anticipating um Lost. so yeah it, it yeah yeah so it i don't know it's um it's hit or miss but so far they're doing a good job they they had a major event towards the end of last season though that made zero sense to what was in the book or in the comic sure that me as a fan went what the heck you know, like I'm like that makes zero sense. The ending is reliant upon this, and you just took this out, right? And I was, I, I will admit, I did get pretty ticked off and went on a complete screw them. They <laughs> suck. What the hell? And then I calmed down. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see where this goes. <laughs> you had a hail hydra moment. I totally had the hell hydro moment. I'm just like, ah, oh, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> so, but I mean, so far they've pulled it off pretty well with the, um, with the Packer chick. And for some reason, she's the one character. I don't remember the name, her name on the show, but the actress, the actress is great. Um, and they've done okay. Like she, she her role in the story hasn't really taken them off the path. Mm-hmm. So it's not, yeah, she's not like a Daryl uh, of Walking Dead, but she's also not like a Daryl from The Walking Dead. Like, she's not this huge character that everyone is going to riot if they kill, but it's also, she's not this main central person. Right. And, and if she, if she's in, she can help move the storyline along Dutch. without, but if she's out, she also doesn't affect the storyline, right. if that makes sense. But I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Daryl. That's that's a great example too. Like we were just talking about how The Walking Dead stays pretty true to the comics, give or take. Daryl Dixon doesn't exist in the comics, people. He's he's a show only gentleman. His brother so he's, did. His brother did. Merle Merle existed, but he's a wild card. Which again, as a reader who loves the show, it's interesting because you never know how that character is going to impact the situation. Right. So, and mm-hmm. maybe it's the same with Miss Blondie Computer Hacker. Dutch. Dutch, thank you. Uh, maybe it will happen with Dutch. And season three of The Strain actually gets only got 10 episodes this season, which is down three from last season, but it doesn't premiere until August 28th. Oh my gosh, that's way later than 
than anticipating. Uh, yeah, which is weird. Um, I hear, though, that they're making a giant uh, Statue of Liberty of the Master for <laughs> Comic-Con. So I'm definitely going to be, like, Pokemon haunting that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they everything all... I look for is Pokemon now. It I'm sounds just... like it, yeah. yeah. Both. I, I don't even have the app. I just like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Both first the second season started, like, July 12th and 13th, and now, yeah, weird. Yeah, I wonder why it's delayed. Well, it might be too, though. I mean, FX has a lot of new shows out, so it might be it might start up after like a pilot season of something else. True. So. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I was I, I leave it on at work, and how I met your mother marathons are on, and I'm trying to remember the commercials. All I see are like commercials for uh, Tyrant and yeah, Tyrants are a big one that's coming out right what now. Is it sex and drugs and rock and roll, like yeah, that- Dennis Leary. I like Dennis Leary. I like Rescue Me, but this looks like the same thing, just with a rock band. <laughs> it's like your shows are the same, dude. <laughs> um, they, FX though, still though, at least they. I mean, they've had some really for a cable network. I think they're the biggest competition right now to AMC. Like AMC. Well, they've been. They've been. It. I think FX was like one of the first ones to start these original content shows, being so well done with like the Shield. The Shield, and, Justified. Justified. Was, was well, that's a newer one, one yeah. But Rescue the, Me. The yeah. Shield and Rescue Me were like one of the first twos. And it seemed like every time they made a show, it was really successful or yeah. did really well, you know. And yeah, Justified is one of those. And then, you know, their comedies are really good with It's, it's Always Sunny and uh, the Louis show. Um, <laughs> the Louis show is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so, okay, upcoming shows that, again, aren't aren't super, like, capes. Um uh, that are coming out is Scarlet, which I don't think is a cape show. Uh, that's a Brian Michael Bendis book um, that follows a young woman from Portland by the name of Scarlet Rue, who rebels against a corrupt society and ends up kickstarting a second American revolution. And that is in the early stage of development at Cinemax. So that'll be a, a cool show, I think. Uh, I like that Cinemax is starting to get more into this though like they they've got amazing shows though i mean i don't know if anybody watches the nick but the nick not too many people talk about it watch it it <laughs> is it, it's great and they're they're rising up and it might be because they're still under the same umbrella as hbo i think if yeah. i'm getting my companies right but um outcast though i mean they're doing such good justice to the comic book it's well, it's beautiful how they're doing it so, yeah, if they're doing another one, I think that they'll stay true to the their creators, at least, which is awesome. Um, AMC is staying in the zombie business by developing George Romero's Empire of the Dead comics, which is interesting to me. Um, I just don't know why you would do that on the same network that you have two zombie shows already. Well, here's a question for you, because we, as you mentioned, is, is it watered down? I think right now the whole like zombie culture is totally watered down. I love it. I I still find really good zombie esque stuff to watch and things like that. But I and I love Romero. I mean, how can you go wrong with Romero? But it is weird, you know. Like it, there's the problem. It puts that hesitation in your mind that you're like they're coming out with another zombie show on the same channel. Well, let me, but let it me, might be amazing. Let me tell you the premise. I don't know if you've ever read Empire of the Dead. And yeah. Let me tell you, tell me if this sounds like something you've already seen on TV. It's all about a quarantine Manhattan, which soon gets infested by zombies and vampires. 28 weeks later. 
or the strain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which we were just talking about. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and and I, I agree, like it's not fresh thing, but I mean, there's different styles. It's, it's kind of like the vampire, like Mm -hmm. trends that happened, you know, in the late 2000 to like 2012. Um, it's, it depends on who does it. It depends on the story and how strong the characters are. Because obviously everybody knows, I think, Atomic Geekdom standpoint, minus Tom's, because Tom loves it. Uh, Twilight was really bad. Twilight was really, really bad. I think Tom's is more of a sentimental thing, but yeah, he still doesn't say it's, it's a bad movie, like, quality-wise. Like, you can have an emotional attachment to it because of, you know, the... No, it's who bad. you see it with, but it's, it's terrible filmmaking. It's really, it's really bad. It's really bad characters. It's really bad production. Um, and not to, you know, talk bad on like the creators and the actors and stuff, but the acting's bad. Everything about it is really bad. And I know that's my opinion, but but you can take that and you can go with something else that is really good. And I mean. The first season of True Blood was fun. It was super good. It it fell off track, but it depends on who does it and how they do it. The Walking Dead is doing an amazing job with zombies. Absolutely, hands down, a great job with zombies. And then you take things like, um, I can't remember if it's IFC. I think it's IFC that's running The Return, which totally different uh, type of zombie story. Um, It's not The Walking Dead at all. But when you throw Romero into the mix... I mean, Romero has a style, and that style is very nostalgic. So it'll be interesting how to take a story that we've pretty much heard, you know, via the strain, via, you know, 28 days, 28 weeks, all that, and see what Romero does with it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hands down see it. it. It's got me at Romero, but it, is, it does give that little bit of a, you know, you don't jump right in going, yes. Because it is another zombie show on the same channel in a world that exists around zombies. But people will have the exact same argument when they heard that The Punisher or Luke Cage or all that's coming out, too. So we'll see. I mean, Daredevil surprised me. Daredevil rules. That show is badass. All right. Yeah, we'll get into the capes uh, in a second. Uh, More developing, like, indie, I guess not not cape comics. I, I I don't like using the word indie comics, but I guess that's that's true. Uh, Sex Criminals, which is a, ah! a weird book to begin with, let alone making it into a TV show. Is that still is that still picked up by FX? I don't think it's FX. It's uh, Universal, which is like NBC, and maybe, maybe it'll go to like USA or something like that. Well, Universal owns HBO too, right? Or wait, well, yeah, no, NBC, Universal. I uh, get all these big umbrellas. Yeah. So basically, in the about- world, there's only just so everybody knows and look up this. There is only six broadcasting things in on the planet. Like everything is under another umbrella. So right. I don't know. I can't keep the family straight. Yeah, like ABC is ESPN, and it's got all this other garbage, Disney and that crap. And then you go to NBC, it's Universal, it's like USA, and I think uh, some other network, cable networks. And then- yeah, HBO and Cinemax are Warner Brothers. Um, right. Um, they, they're under another umbrella of something else, too. I don't know. Yeah, don't- yeah. there's no, no casting yet or shooting schedules or air dates or anything like that for Sex Criminals, but that was announced. I just like- hope it ends up on, like, an actual cable channel because I honestly don't think they could. No. I, they, 
FX is kind of that fine line. Like right. they might be, and AMC has proven they can get away with a lot more violence and a lot more sex than a normal cable channel can, especially if they air it after ten o'clock. So this has definitely got to be an after ten o'clock show. But right. I'm hoping, I'm hoping someone like Showtime picks it up, or somebody like Stars, or and Stars, by the way, hands down is doing awesome with their their broadcasting too. But it needs to be on a show where they can get away with how obscure and weird and sexually orientated this this comic is um yeah i mean the premise of it for those that don't have any idea is uh it's two people who find out they have the ability to stop time when they orgasm and then they they meet they have sex and they realize they're not alone in this ability and they start robbing banks which then gets them in trouble with this these these sex police people (laughs) Uh, I'm a few issues behind, but it's a weird book, and I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm not sure Which why I'm still sticking awesome. with it. <laughs> okay, I'm totally, I'm totally like on board with it, just for the fact that it is so ludicrous, and every every book that comes out gets it's just ludicrous. That's the only yeah. word I can describe it. But I'm waiting for somebody that you know. Everybody goes, "What would your superhuman power be?" And they're, "Oh, teleportation," or "I could fly." I totally want somebody one day. I just want to be in a conversation when I ask them, what was your superhero? I want to stop time with an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, hands down, they would be my new BFF. Like it's, it's such a weird show. So yes, maybe Cinemax. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wicked and Divine, which is a good book. Uh, my brother got me hooked on that. Again, I'm way behind on that one, but that's oh about gosh, I- I own it. Wait, slow down. I didn't actually know that they were in a development for it. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Uh, also universal. Um, interesting. So same, same kind of deal. I think as, uh, sex criminals, both are on image. So I think they kind of maybe have a deal with image. Uh, that might, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Snowpiercer. If you didn't know that movie was a comic book first, uh, they're talking about that being a, a TV show. Uh, what I'm super stoked for is Hack Slash. Um, if you're a fan, what's that about? Uh, it's about this girl named Cassie Hack, who survives a horror movie like scenario where she's taken by a slasher, and she gets saved. Then she devotes her life to hunting down uh, these like these slasher serial killers. As a result, so like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, that kind of stuff. They've all made cameos, like in the nice. and so it's it's. Is cool. I like this book a lot. Written by Tim Seeley, who does does revival right now. Um, he does other stuff too. Uh, so yeah, the, all all they've heard is that it's being ad- adapted, and that Skip Woods, the writer, and this this makes me groan internally. Uh, the writer of such blockbuster hits as X Men Origins, Wolverine, Hitman, Agent Forty Seven, the A Team movie, and A Good Day to Die Hard is on board to write the script for the TV adaptation. That hurts me deep down down inside. Um, maybe maybe he'll get a like a first wind. And yeah, win. I, I hope this is like this is, this is jump back into with, good stuff. With fairness, I mean, all those movies are ridiculous and they're fun, but I'm sure they're not his fault. All yeah. are entirely his fault. I mean, this, that sounds like those are a lot of studio movies. Right, right. So this like, oh, well, we got the poster in my head for a good day to die hard. Let's make this movie. I think I doubt Bruce Willis even wanted to do that movie. Um, well, Chris totally wanted to do that movie. <laughs> uh, FX is working on Why the Last Man, 
which is a book that every comic book fan should read. Um, what is it about? I do not know that one. And oh, I boy. Comics. Why the Last Man is all about Yorick Brown, the last human male left alive after a plague sees every mammal with a Y chromosome uh, die. He's Oh, so there's only men? Oh No, there's only women. Only women, and he's the last man. He's the last man along with his male monkey, Ampersand, who also somehow survived. So he's going around the country with this Agent 335 woman and a scientist, and they're trying to save mankind. Cause Please tell me he's at least, like, good-looking. If he's, like, the <laughs> saving grace of breeding, I... I he's, uh, well, I don't know if I don't he's want a Kevin looking. Smith. He's, he's a comic book. I mean, he's in shape. Um, okay. He's also a magician. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a little weird. All right. So I think that's that's enough. Those are some good ones. Umbrella Academy is another one that's a good one that you should check out. That is potentially coming to. Well, here's a here's a question because you you read a ton of different comics just like me, where they all have different genres, and you know some are cape sh- cape stuff, some are more drama based, what have you. Is there a comic that you love that you would want to see a TV show made or a movie? Because there is a difference. I mean, there's a lot that seeing a seeing a movie of something made would work, but a TV show would be better due to the subject. Even though the one? budget is low, I would rather X-Men be a TV show than a movie series because there's so many characters they can kind of like get into on a TV show where you can't in a movie or you, even, even a movie know. series. Um, is it because they just focus on the couple? Yeah, you're only you're 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 centralized on Wolverine typically, and then you're focusing on like Xavier, Magneto, and then now and these recent ones, Mystique, and then the other ones. It was like Storm and Cyclops and Jean, which makes sense, and Rogue. But there's so many better peripheral characters that they don't. They're not really even peripheral in the books. They're main characters like Nightcrawler and. Beast and you know uh, that's just two. Kitty Pride is a huge character that's so that should be so much more prominent in the movies just based on all the things they can do with that. What they've done. I mean, she's been like <laughs> just kind of thrown around in the comic books, but she's a, she's an important character. I think Colossus and his sister Magic, which should be on the new show, new Mut- or new movie, New Mutants or show. I don't know what they're doing, but anyway, I would say X Men. I'd rather have as a TV show. Um, but I would, you know, I, I go back to Teen Titans or a variation of that. Young Justice, maybe as a live action show, would be cool too. Do you think they would work as a movie, or do you think that? Well, obviously not the X Men, but uh... Teen Titans, I think, is tough. I mean, it's it's a younger person's group now because they're they're teens, obviously. But I think that lends to another audience, like just like doing a Wonder Woman or. You know, a Captain Marvel movie where it's a female-led hero movie. You're you're reaching out to a different audience and expanding on your already existing geek-heavy comic book audience. So you get this teen group that you know loves Twilight and Justin Bieber and all this other stuff that I'm out of touch with. But <laughs> you could rope them in with dealing with these teenage, you know, these high school, pre-high school kids that are that have powers and fight crime with their their mentors. But this is all about them fighting crime on their own with the group of people just like them. I mean, go watch the Teen Titans cartoon show from a few years ago or even Teen Titans Go, which is more comedy-based and meant for children, but it's still them being adolescent kids, you know, right. goofing off and eating junk food and playing video games and stuff like that. So 
Well, that's kind of, I always, I always like to ask people that because like the Thief of Thieves storyline, that is my favorite comic. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not anything that when people think about comic book, it's more like reading a novel. Like it's, sure. it's following a thief and he just happens to be the best thief and he's got to, you know, he doesn't deal with good guys and then his family gets involved and it's amazing character developments through it, but there's nothing like supernatural or, you know, anything that you would consider to be part of the comic book. Right. Totally don't think it would work as a movie. I mean, they could, they can make one movie, but I think there's so much potential that it would have to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. So please make it a TV show. <laughs> but I, I was having this cause like there's this book out right now called the cinder. Have you, have you read the cinder yet? No, it's kind of like sci-fi. Okay. Originally, I was just like, they need to pick that up for a cool TV show. And the more I get along in the storyline, I think it's the opposite. I think it's one of them that needs to be a movie. Because I think, although the the universe of the Descender comic, you know, spans and it could hold on a TV show, I would love just to focus around the primary idea of it. It's it's basically about an android, but he's stuck in a world where, like, um, man versus machine. So... There's different uh, different people out there that hunt down androids and they hmm. dismantle them. But it's this boy android, and he's it's kind of like Johnny Five. He's a boy with a heart, but um, it's really cool because like, there's all these different characters, and some are machines, some are man, and they're all working together. But then there's this over this umbrella that kind of holds under over top of all of them, yeah. where they can't live. You know, there's always an opposition. And it's always because you're a machine or, and I'm doing, I'm doing the storyline, no justice whatsoever, but it, I would love to see it as a TV show, but I would also love it to have more of a big budget. Like they could narrow the story down for a movie mm-hmm. and just blow it out of the world with the, with the CGI or, or with the hopefully real effects people, please. please speaking, real effects. Yeah. Speaking of like AI or robots, I guess uh, Alex and Ada would be a good, movie because you could do it in one movie or maybe two it's because it got canceled after 15 issues or they just stopped making them after 15 issues maybe they told the whole story but uh, basically it centers on in a world where you can order like a companion that's uh, the ai essentially um and it centers upon the relationship between a lonely man and an intelligent android um and his dealing with like he didn't want it to be that way like his mother or somebody sent it to him and, like, he just wanted, like, he never wanted to use it, and then he wanted this thing to have free will, and there's a way for them to get free will, and, like, you know, you're pretty much essentially hacking it, and then, like, it becomes very illegal, then they're on the run, and it's, I I really enjoyed it, and, again, it was only 15 issues, so. Every time I I see that comic, too, I just think, did you ever see the movie Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl? Yeah. The main kid in that, that's who I always picture in that role. Um, yeah, I can see it. Like, I like I I get a good feel of that. Like when I watch um, Ex Machina, like it feels similar to that. The test that they run, and but it, yeah. obviously it's a very different storyline. But yeah. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> we'll run through. I mean, the ongoing stuff that's that's current with DC and Marvel. I mean, you guys all know what it is, but we'll dig through it real quick and talk about how bad some of it is and how it doesn't really tie into the comic books so much. But 
Uh, the more recent stuff, Arrows, uh, kind of kickstarted the TV show for for comic book superhero type stuff uh, back in 2012. I was super stoked when they announced that they were making a Green Arrow show, and I really enjoyed the first season. Obviously, the first season kind of is them getting the you know getting on their feet and figuring out what the show is. They've changed it a little bit during the season, like they had him doing voiceovers, kind of like you know Batman does in the comic books, but. Um, they, they found their, their footing and season two is probably one of the better seasons. I think it's their best season, but it's one of the better seasons of comic book TV, in my opinion. And then it's been downhill since then. There's been highlights in three and four, but, uh, I think it's been a terrible show for, see, at least season four was pretty awful. Um, and then I, I guess. How do you really feel? <laughs> it's terrible. Like, and I, I, I say well, that back to the, back to the original question though, in reading like the arrow comics, do you think that they just don't do justification to the characters what's or it, is what, it just because the storyline is just stupid? What's interesting to me is I, I didn't know, I didn't read a lot of green arrow before. Like I read the main books, like the, the, the ground, like the stuff that Kevin Smith did and, and stuff like that uh, because of the name Kevin Smith. Um, and I know I always knew who Oliver was and that he was part of the Justice League and all this other stuff, but I didn't really care about his solo book. I just didn't care. This show got me interested in the character more and he became one of my favorite characters. And then what they do on the show is they kind of borrow Batman storylines. Like you saw the Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight Rises and that's the, the Bane storyline. Um, and then you know that there's a character named Ra's al Ghul from Batman Begins, right? Right. That's Liam Neeson's character. That's that story centers around. I don't know why I went to Bane. I meant Ra's al Ghul. Um, that story centers around Batman in the comic books. That's a Batman story. Instead, in Arrow, they had Oliver become the the heir to Ra's al Ghul, and potentially he becomes a, a Green Arrow villain. And it's like what? That doesn't make any sense. Um. So that that kind of irked me. I didn't really enjoy that too much. There's other stuff that he he borrows from Batman. I mean, it's tough because Oliver and Bruce are similar. They're both billionaires, but right. and and they've both lost their parents. But Oliver in the comics is very political. Like he's he he, he he's involved in the city. Like he, he's a Seattle-based character for a long time. I'm surprised you don't love this character, by the way. Um, I, I've heard it's from the great Pacific Northwest, but I, you know me, I, I like <laughs> more cut their heads off and yeah. big, big epic thing. I'm, I'm not a superhero girl. I, I, I tend to lean to the side of the bad guys That's or fine. the bad, the not so bad guys that are trying to fight the bad guys. Storylines. Sure. Sure. So um, <laughs> I think the failings of Arrow have been a lot of, we need to really center on this one relationship and that, that, that failed the story because the, the once, once you got past the, will they, won't they type relationship, you know, are they going to get together? One has a crush. Does the other one even care? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you put them together and it's like, now what? Well, now we have drama. Now are they going to stay together? Are they going to get married and blah, blah, blah. And for me, this story is about Oliver. Uh, of course, it's about Oliver Queen. I just don't care who he's dating. Like, I want it to be about him seeking justice for his city and fighting bad guys and, and stuff like that. And I understand it's a drama and they have to add the romance and all that. I'm like, I'm at least I'm happy. It's not like a, you know, a love triangle that they always do on shows, 
But at the right. same at the same time, you've weakened two characters with this relationship. Not because they're in a relationship, but because now the storyline is dependent on their relationship. And the, both characters are just like just pining after each other or you know, upset because they're not with each other or they betrayed each other or lied and it just it becomes a different show and for me it's I, I'm not interested in any of that and it it feels like they're placating to the quote unquote shippers of the show who are very vocal on Twitter and I'm very happy you all got your way. <laughs> um right. but I, I just want them to move on and that's you know whatever. Um uh, the next show that came out that was DC related was Gotham and it's just <laughs> another it's another struggle because it's a very different take on the Batman story because it has nothing to do with Batman and you're introducing characters that are in the Batman mythology that are I you know inspired by Batman being around but they're being introduced in a way where he's not around Bruce Wayne is but he's a kid and so this is mostly about Jim Gordon's rise to becoming, you know, commissioner of, of Gotham police. And it has its oh, moments. So, so that, that this one's probably my biggest one. Cause I, I couldn't get into it and I was really excited about it. Cause I love the actors and everything in it. Yeah. Um, but I always like through what my exposure of Batman's always been the movies um, and not the comic mm-hmm. commissioner Gordon's commissioner Gordon, right? He's, he's nothing fantastical. Like, Batman. He's just the commissioner. He's seen a lot because he works the streets of Gotham. And then the few episodes I watched of Gotham, he's almost like Batman with the badge. And I didn't get that. Can you like, is that the way it's actually written or is that just because of the show? In the books, Gordon is more the Boy Scout. He's by the rules. He doesn't cheat. He's not corrupt that's why batman's drawn to him in the books because uh, all the other police are corrupt they're all they'll have their money out from the mob or from the bad guys or they're just willing to let it all roll because they're getting handouts and that's why batman gravitates to gordon because he's not he's he's honest and he's you know dealing with it and gotham is a very grittier version of gordon but he's very much after fixing the city and his main thing that's kind of linking him to Bruce is he made Bruce a promise to find the killer of his parents. So he's connected to Bruce that way and they work together all the time. And so, I mean, I tried to defend this show at the beginning of season two because they did this rise of the villain storyline and it was really, really fun. Yeah. Cause I remember you wrote that whole piece that was just like, it's awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I, I have the rest of the the second half of the season after they went on like their winter hiatus sitting on my on my iTunes and I have yet to be motivated to watch it. That's not a good sign. I'm almost ready to just delete it and move on with my life, but I I want to see what happens because I have friends that watch it and they say it was good and I I trust their judgment, but I just haven't been impressed with they I mean they introduced spoiler, they introduced Mr. Freeze and I'm not talking about Victor Freeze, they made him Mr. Freeze. Like, he's got the whole suit and the ice gun and everything. So, that's weird to me in a world where Batman's not inspiring these supervillains. You know, that's that's right. that's in the comics, that's their origin stories. Because, you know, you go, you go back to the end of Batman Begins and you start wearing masks, they start wearing masks type of thing. But that's the, that's 
that is another one of those back to, you know, we're saying with pros and cons of comics to TV is in knowing that, knowing how Mr. Freeze become Mr. Freeze and all that stuff, you, you kind of know what to expect, but you still want to take the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on how they pull it together, but if you fall off, you may never get to know that they pulled it off really well. Right. Because you're assuming that they didn't because you didn't like the direction they were going. I, I've, I've heard so many uh, of my friends that read the Walking Dead comic that after Termis, they're like, I'm not watching this. This show is <laughs> right. stupid, you know, because it had nothing to do with the comics and all that. But the best thing I ever heard is somebody looked at me and went, yeah, but you know they have to do Negan. Mm-hmm. You know, so like even though you're getting over this big story arc, which kind of parallels the comics, but not really, it turned a lot of the comic book readers off. Plus, right. a lot of the the show fans just want to see zombies and deaths every episode, and it takes a little more character development. So you have to slow down and have like the Carl eating pudding episodes. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things that's that's kind of the the positive side of reading the comics and being a little head of the story curve is even when the show does something that doesn't make sense to the scheme of things, you always have that ability to go. Yeah, but they have to get to this point because this is a critical point in the entire universe. So like, like in the walking dead, they're going to eventually get to Negan. So put the terminus stuff aside, screw terminus, Alexandria's, beautiful what have you they're in alexandria though which means negan is coming but a big and it gets excited so like could it be the same with like gotham where it can't the the big reason why these shows can't do that like you're you're waiting for arrow to do this storyline or you're waiting for the flash to do this storyline where i mean it some things can but like a show like gotham it's writing its own history so you're not gonna have this storyline where it's like oh yeah they're gonna do this like they can do the Mr. Freeze origin, which they did very well. I'll give them that. Like you go back to the animated series where they introduced Mr. Freeze and his wife, um, similar to what they did in the Batman and Robin movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's more tragic in the cartoon. And it's one of the best cartoon episodes of cartoon history, in my opinion. And they did it similar to that on Gotham. And I think they did very well by it, but they rushed into getting him the suit and making him the supervillain. And instead of making him more of a sympathetic human, they turned him into a supervillain, in my opinion. But in that show, you're progressing storylines and characters without the main catalyst of those things. So you're doing a different timeline, just like Arrow has a different timeline. So I don't know when to expect that blah, blah, blah is going to happen. Or, um, but with the Flash, it's the same thing. We're, we'll talk about the Flash now, since that's the next one, and they're they're killing it on that show. Uh, it's an amazingly well done show. People that don't like car- uh, comic books are watching that show and enjoying it. I have friends, girls that don't like comic book shows or anything, and they like Flash a lot because it's a it's a good drama. It's well acted and well written. But that show, there's events in the Flash character in that in Barry Allen's you know, history where you're like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to do this. And now maybe they are, you know, now maybe we're going to get this, this flashpoint event in one way or the other. Maybe that's the bigger question then is what makes a comic TV show successful to the fans is how true do they stay? Not, not so much to the character, but to the storyline. Cause I don't know if I would, 
I don't know if I would want to watch like if I'm really into a book or really into a into a comic and they make it into a TV show, but all it is is basically the character and it's not the story. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think I would be as into it because I think the story makes the character like it, go. I mean, not to beat you guys over the head with The Walking Dead, but what makes everything that happens in The Walking Dead awesome is the progression of Rick Grimes. You know, it's it's definitely... Well, I can take it to a different comic book. The next one I was going to say, it's a DC-based... It's Vertigo, actually, but iZombie is a comic book-based TV show. But nothing really from the show is anything like the comic book other than what this character can do. I don't even think her name is the same. Um, like, I never read the books, but I, you know, I did the Wikipedia thing. I looked it up what it was about, and to see where the similarities lie, to see if, like, they're following a storyline that was from the books. You know, I wanted to see like, where they might go in season three because I really enjoyed seasons one and two. It's a good show. You should watch it, really. Uh, but it seems like it's a real big departure from the book, and they just kind of use the inspiration of that character's premise to create an hour-long drama by the guy that did Veronica Mars. Ah, I've never actually watched Die Zombie, but... And I never read the comics, so... Uh, it's basically the show, and loosely, the book is about a, a, a girl who's a, a med student who goes to a boat party and gets bitten by a zombie, wakes up, and is a zombie now, and when she eats brains of... She she works at a morgue now, so she eats the brains of a dead person to kind of solve their murder mystery. She takes on that person's, like, uh, characteristics. So... Every episode, she's like turning into this person and trying, and then she can see kind of like flashes into their life. And when they, when so, she like meets well, people, that, that I think then might actually like work. Cause like I said, if you take, if you take out the prison or Herschel's farm or of that out of Rick Grimes' life, you would never have the Rick Grimes that you have now. Right. But if you take a character like the eye zombie chick and it all develops about who she eats their brains, then that that could work. Like it's I could essentially, that could work. it's essentially then turning it into like almost a, a, a like a procedural show, but like just flipped on its head, really, because you're talking about zombies and uh, weird murders that keep happening in Seattle. <laughs> so it's like, uh, and what really makes it is the characters on the show, not just the zombies, just the regular like the dude that runs the morgue is awesome, and and even the the like Allie Michaelica or something. I don't know her name. She's like a pop star or Disney chick. Uh, she's awesome in it. And all the, all the characters are good. And it's got one of my favorite actors, David Anders from alias. He's in it too. So, um, nice. I, I just think that like too, it, like you were saying with arrow or what have you, um, it's, it's the progression of the character. So you can take them out of the story and still write a good story. But I think, and it comes to people who are obsessed with the books yeah. You kind of want them to hit milestones. Like, you know, and this isn't a comic book, but it was a, a book to TV show. That's what I think pissed so many people off about the True Blood series is people are uber fans of the summer, Southern Vampire books by Charlene Harris. Like, insane fans. And season one, they did okay. They tweaked a couple things. But they started getting more and more off of the books. And there's things in the books that you want to see. You know, and they're critical to where Sookie ends up, you know. And when you take that out, you no longer have the same Sookie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think 
from just what I hear on a lot of these is that where things start to fall apart is when you remove some of those events that then change who the character is. Right. Then you, what makes those original fans excited is gone. Yeah. Um, not saying that it's bad because maybe, it, maybe it's even better than the original, but right. I, like I said, I, I love when they do it page to page, but I love it even better when they tweak it. What's, so you still have the events, but you get there by a different road. What's really fun about like a show like The Flash is you have Barry Allen, who's you know he's a, a founding member of the Justice League, and he's been around for a long time in DC Comics. So he's got this this wealth of content that they can they can pull from, and this huge rogues gallery that, like Batman, there's a lot of bad guys they can choose to be the bad guy of the week or the season or whatever. So there's a lot they can do there. But what they also have done is they've tweaked characters to make them like his his team. Like there's a character like Cisco Ramon who is vibe in the comic books. He's got this power that makes him a superhero in the comic books, but he's just like a scientist on the show and he's Barry's friend and he's a cool comic relief guy. So you're like, well, how does that work? How does Vibe and Flash become buddies on on a show about the Flash? And it works. They've taken a character who is a main villain, uh, Killer Frost, and used her just as another scientist that works at Star Labs and is friends with Flash. She's a good guy. And what you can do is, because they have alternate Earths that he can travel to, now you open up to, well, now we can see Killer Frost. And that actress gets to play this role. And it's amazing. And you get all these cool little Easter eggs that, okay, Earth 2 version of Barry knows Bruce Wayne, Diana Prince, and Clark Kent. And they talk about a trip to Atlantis on Earth 2. So you have these cool Easter eggs. They're like, oh, they're talking about Aquaman. They're talking about Wonder Woman and, you know, this kind of cool stuff where you're not actually going to ever see it, but they talk about it. And that satiates the hardcore comic book nerd into like, oh, that was fun. But now the shows are happening and it's an amazing show. There's so much drama. There's so, so much emotion and so much depth to these characters and how much seriously they're taking this, this content that you respect it. And it's not done over the top where there's... You know, there's a character that's a CGI walking shark in two episodes. I mean, how do you take that seriously? But it's it's awesome. <laughs> it looks cool. There's a character that's a gorilla. I mean, and people are jacked up about it because he's a supervillain and it's going to be great. But, I mean, that's Flash. They do it really well. Supergirl is another one that's still trying to find its footing. They do that. You know, they're, they're, they're on their way, I think. I think when the move to the CW is going to really help. But the best thing they have going for them is they have a really good cast. Uh, very good actors. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is a show that combines a bunch of lesser-known characters or peripheral characters or characters that you wouldn't normally group together, puts them together, and they make up all these awesome stories, and you get to see more characters, which is cool for the comic book nerd. Um, right. And then uh, more DC properties, like Lucifer is on Fox, that's getting a second season, and then Preacher was, uh, was a, I think, a Vertigo book. Um, yeah. And we, talk, we talked about that with AMC. And yeah. Um, and then real quick coming up, uh, DC shows sci-fi is making Krypton, which is like about Superman's grandfather, which I don't really care about. Um, and then powerless is coming out on NBC, which is like a comedy, um, like an office style comedy, I think. Interesting. That's going to star Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Putty from community, uh, Alan Tudyk, who's the man. Um, and they've said that the, you, you know, no mainstream superheroes are going to be in it, but you'll see, you'll, there'll be, there's going to be Easter eggs. So 
And that's already the pilot. I'm pretty sure it's coming out though. Um, since Alan Tudyk's in it, it's going to be awesome. So <laughs> uh, that's the DC yeah. side. Marvel, everybody knows what's going on with Marvel. Um, I should mention too that Watchmen is got like an some kind of HBO deal where some, something might happen there where Zack Snyder is working with Jeff Johns and HBO um, for a potential TV series. But who we'll knows? see. I, I, I like the, what they did with the movie. I, I And I actually like the ending better than the comic book of the Watchmen. So <laughs> possibly, but the Watchmen's not really a continuous story in my opinion. No, there's a but they did. and an end. So how would they make a TV show? There's books that came out recently with the New 52 era books that were after Watchmen, I think, or before Watchmen, something like that. And they told stories about these characters that take place either before or after or before the Watchmen books. Right, so it's like okay. a prequel. Um, all right, so Marvel TV shows really quickly. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just chaotic. I mean, it's set in the MCU, so they can do whatever they want, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of chaotic. And you're still a super fan. Well, wait, you're, did you like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That's the one I didn't know. I had, uh, liked it. In season three, when they introduced the Inhumans, I don't really like it. Um, but it could get better. There's characters I like. Um, all right, so they had Agent Carter, which is gone, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still around. Uh, they're going to fourth season. That's part of the MCU, so it's all, like, lumped in with the with the movies and stuff. So kind of crossover potential there, which is exciting. Daredevil's got two seasons out already, which is really good. Jessica Jones had season one, which was okay. They're going to do a second season. But with those two shows on Netflix, you also have Luke Cage coming and Iron Fist coming, which leads to the Defenders, which is, like, all of them together. So Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all in one movie, uh, which would be cool. And that springs off into The Punisher getting his own show on Netflix, which is going to be weird, but awesome. And, I mean, that's really it. I'm, that, I think, out of all of the comic book, like, related characters, that's the show I'm most excited about. Punisher? Yeah, and the casting, I would have never, like, if you were like, who would you cast for The Punisher? Wouldn't have never came to my, my top ten suggestions. But holy hell, is it perfect. Like John Bernthal? Yeah, like, I honestly, and I'm going to sound like a jerk, but season two of Daredevil was awesome. But every episode where it was just basically Daredevil or it was Daredevil and Elektra, I didn't care. But you added him into a scene, and I'm just like, this is the best show ever. So yeah. <laughs> uh well at least they they did justice to the electric character where I rewatched the Daredevil movie recently with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and oof. That was a terrible interpretation of everybody involved. You're supposed to join the the club of that movie does not exist. No, I wanted to watch it with the Rift Tracks audio from the guys that did Mystery Science Theater 2000, so I had to watch it. <laughs> um so Punisher's coming, Damage Control again is I believe a com- uh a comedy. Um, let me double check. What is it? Damage Control is supposed to follow overworked, underpaid cleanup crew of the MCU who specialize in dealing with the aftermath of superhero conflicts, uh, rescheduling events because of the conflicts, and retrieving lost items. So, it was meant to be like a live-action comedy series. Um, kind of, uh, in the same vein as that other one I was talking about, Powerless. But I, uh, I think that's still coming. So it's, it's meant to be, but it's existing within the MCU. So it's like canon, which is crazy. 
Um, there is a Legion show coming out, which is an X-Men character. That's going to be on FX, so I think that's going to be awesome. There's already pictures coming out from that show. I'm looking forward to that. I never really cared about the Legion character, um, but anything with more X-Men type stuff. It's not linked to the movies, by the way, which is interesting to me. Because, well, it makes well, sense, but... that That's probably another good subject to bring up, too, though, is that you take characters that most people either didn't know about, or if you knew about them, they weren't major characters, and you make them into a show. Mm-hmm. You start bringing this love to something that might have been overlooked. Right. You know? Because I, I kind of honestly felt that... I know Daredevil is way bigger a character than... I was exposed to, but I knew nothing about Daredevil when Netflix came out with the show. I knew the character existed. I knew it was popular and all that. But you ask me, you know, what's Batman's storyline or what's Wonder Woman's storyline or what's Iron Man's storyline? I could give you a layman's explanation without knowing much. I didn't know anything about Daredevil going in. And now I want to know more about him. You know, so so maybe it's good. And well, what's cool about Legion is again, it's not going to exist within the Fox Mar or Fox uh, X Men movie universe. But Legion is a character that is the son of Charles Xavier, so it's kind of cool. He's got that link there, and who knows what we'll end up seeing? There's good good cast in there. Aubrey Plaza's in it, and Katie Asselton's in it, and uh, what Gene Smart. Uh, So a lot of cool character or actors actresses in it so that'll be fun there's a fox uh tv series being worked out for x-men which i don't know how in in tuned with x-men it's going to be but it's done by the, the guy that did uh burn notice and the good guys on fox matt nix so maybe it'll be good we'll see um, but yeah, uh, that's really it as far as like Marvel shows go. That's not on Netflix. Uh, everything's on Netflix for Marvel. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. I didn't, I did miss that. That's going to be part of the MCU and that's going to be on ABC's Freeform channel, which like used to be ABC Family, which then used to be something else and then something else and then something else. And now it's called Freeform for some reason. Um, <laughs> so Cloak and Dagger, those are cool characters, uh, that are getting their own show. I don't know when, um, uh, like 2017, but. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Um, and as far as Marvel goes, that's something where you can be like, you can watch and be like, oh yeah, that's from the comic. Um, this storyline might be coming up. Like Daredevil, they they just pulled straight up pulled from stuff with like the Punisher and him. That's straight from the comics. There's there's definitely moments on the rooftop when he's tied up with the Punisher. That's that's right from a panel. Um, and they did it very well. It was, it was really cool to see. Jessica Jones is similar, but not exactly the same. But the thing with Jessica Jones that made it so much cooler, I think, than the book is the performances that David Tennant gives as as the bad guy. Because now you have that brought off of a comic book of a guy who's got purple skin, and this is just a normal dude that's got a power that, you know, he can control you to do things. So it's, it's different, and it, it's based solely on his acting, and it's amplified so much more. And that's a character, you know, not many people really know who Jessica Jones is, so. True. I, I don't know who Jessica Jones is. I don't know who Luke Cage is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't but, yeah. tell anybody. I mean, Jessica <laughs> Jones, that. uh, and that's kind of less of a comic book show. Like, that's kind of about this chick who's got PTSD, and she's dealing with this guy who essentially raped her and forced her to do things. 
Um, and she just so happens to have powers. <laughs> and Luke Cage is similar, where he's got powers and he's trying to hide his powers because he sees what's going on in the Marvel world and how people with, with abilities are treated and uh, uh, kind of outcast or vilified. But yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, so that's that's our show. We ran pretty long here, but uh, it, it's a good topic. I'm sure we'll have to revisit it again because there's going to be more shows coming sooner or later. Uh, I didn't even talk about the Hellfire Club show that Fox is doing, which is also part of the X-Men series. <laughs> but uh, if we missed anything or if there's stuff we should be watching or uh, stuff you're excited for, you can let us know at Atomic Geekdom or Jenny is on Twitter at Robbie Art. And again, you're going to want to follow both of us or bo- all of us, I guess, for Com- Comic-Con when Jenny and Patrick are there. To kinda... Yep, we'll, we will do our best. We're, uh, we, our layman didn't plan well ahead, and now <laughs> it's a couple of days away, or going, oh, right, like, yeah, let's do this. We didn't, yeah, we didn't necessarily <laughs> get press passes or passes on our own, but at the same time, we were just, why not? If you're there, why not go and hang out if you can? Plus, if you've heard me before, the, the fun of Comic-Con is everything has to be spontaneous. You can't, I mean, you can go down with an agenda of I have to be in this line at this time and I have to do this at this, you know, every now and again, just, just do it. Just go. Go with the flow. And you'll be surprised what you run into. It might even be a Mario brother. Uh, Go watch Doug Benson's stand-up comedy when he's in, when he's at Comic-Con and you can see how just going with the flow works out. (laughs) <laughs> he ends up in somebody's apartment or a hotel room because they're dressed like Batman dancing in the in the hotel window. Like which might which might work because I'm a good two hours from San Diego if I drove. And that's on a good traffic day. So depending on how Thursday happens, we might be on somebody's like floor of their hotel room or might put some sleeping bags in the car and then just drive out to the beach and sleep and then go back for Friday. We don't know. We're playing it by ear. There you go. Um, yeah. All right. Head over to AtomicKingdom.com where actually Randy just wrote a good article about Pokemon Go and kind of reviews it there. He also reviewed Monster Ball or Boss Monster, excuse me, which uh, I just bought. and I Monster Ball would be an interesting uh, article. To yeah. uh, Boss Monster is a card game and it looks awesome. I cannot wait to play with some of my friends. It looks super cool for anybody that likes the old 8-bit Nintendo games. The box is designed like an old Nintendo game cartridge box. It's super nostalgic and hits me in my feels. Um, and we got Geek Out episodes up. There'll be another one up this week on Tuesday, Thursday is what I was going to say until my brain stopped working. Uh, yeah, uh, all things awesome. Head to AtomicGeekdom.com. We have a new podcast we're going to be launching very, very soon. Tom and myself and possibly another person, uh, which we'll announce on the Twitter uh, when it happens. We won't announce it yet because... Because uh, it's not out yet. Why would we announce it when it's not out yet? I'm I'm watching from a distance, and it's going to be. Don't get this wrong, Dave. It's going to be epically hilarious. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> a niche, 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 niche uh, niche, uh <laughs> genre of entertainment for sure. Uh, but we're definitely we've already got a Twitter handle established. We got the show name ready to go, and we're ready to launch into this. <laughs> This crazy world 
that we're we're about to launch it. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it, and it's something I've enjoyed my entire life. And Tom's been a big fan of for a long time, and I'm sure a lot of the Atomic Geekdom staff has at one time or another watched or been a fan of what we're gonna talk about, uh, like every two weeks or every month uh, on this this podcast. And maybe it'll be more. It depends on how many people <laughs> listen. But uh, Tom and I could go on for hours about this topic. So. It'll probably end up being a lot of... Trust me, we know. We know. And every time the conversation is knee-slapping hilarious. So stay tuned. Yeah, we're we're debating whether or not we're going to do this this the show as characters instead of our normal hosts. Like, we're going to... Char- oh, you got to be characters. <laughs> characters. You have to we have be character, character names and everything. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But all right. Thanks for listening uh, again this week. Uh, AtomicGeekdom.com for all kinds of cool stuff. I promise we'll try to have more content up there. Um, at Atomic Geekdom, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Jenny, the last word this week is... Butthead.